Okay. Now we know that we're red bone. You're a red bone. I'm a yellow bone. Yeah. New name of the podcast. The Bones. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No. All right. Well, guys, welcome to another episode of Special Friends Podcast. <laughs> I'm here with you. <laughs> um, I be, I just, I'm sorry, y'all. I be putting, I be bringing Allie through it. <laughs> I, I, be, I, be, I feel like I'm torturing her. But she's comfortable. She got the bear. She got Snorlax. Got Snorlax. My son, Cameron. Hey, Cam. Shout out to Cameron. And she got the little, she got the little pillow over there. You know, yeah. she's living her best life. Yeah. But... We're here for another episode. I'm with my girl. Allie B. Sorry, Professor B. <laughs> <laughs> me, that's me. That's She's me. like, what's my name? <laughs> Allie. And we're here for another episode. Um, yeah, man. I feel like, I hope you, I don't know if I put it in yet, but if you guys didn't see it, we had a race to drink water. Hecka fast. Allie won. <laughs> no, she didn't. And yeah. <laughs> and you know it was a great time. And now I'm, I feel like I'm high off the water. And I'm high off the H two O. The hydrogen is hydrogen in. Ah, the water like is water in. The oxygen is maybe I'm over oxygenated. Oxen. What's the word? Not. You have too much oxygen in your blood. Oxi- oxidized. Yeah, I'm oxidized. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's it, but I don't know for sure. Like you ever you ever went to the oxygen bar? No, I gotta look it up. I don't I wanna no. You never heard about the oxygen bars? Mm-mm. I've always wanted to go. I feel like they're pretty cool. Well, are they I've, in like Europe or something? No, Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Kinda same thing. Not really. <laughs> Not really. You never seen an oxygen bar? I, I, they used to have them over there, um, is it Eminem World? Uh, no, I've been to Hershey's Park. The heck is that? In Pennsylvania. Oh, there's a Hers- there's a Hershey Festival in in uh, Oakdale. You know that? No. Hmm? Where's Oakdale? That's uh between here and uh Fresno. It's like a little. I think it's by Modesto. I think I've heard of Oakdale before, but what? <laughs> Cowboy capital of the world. Oh, okay. Wow. Black black cowboys or cowboy? I don't know if it's black cowboys, but cowboy capital of the world. Have you ever seen um, Concrete Cowboy? Concrete Cowboy? No. With Idris Elba. Of course, it would be him. No, I haven't. It, there's it's a good it's good. I think you'd actually really like it. It's about um, like these cowboys that live in the hood in, in Philly. Black cowboys. Do you live in the hood? Mm-hmm. Man, this game kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? I'm just did. I don't see how they got there. <laughs> so in disbelief because it's based on a real story. I mean, I just don't. I just, they get there far away from where cowboys are. Well, like they used to be cowboys, and then like gentrification, or like, like what happened to the horse? They got the horse still. Yeah, they have horses and like you gotta watch the movie. It's a movie. That's part of the part of the part of yeah, it's a movie. Part of the part that's part of the uh, plot is 
their ability to maintain and keep horses because obviously in an urban area it's much less you know welcome but it helps kids I think so but it helps keeps kids off the streets it keeps kids learning about animals and keeps them learning the lessons of responsibility and just I really in that movie in particular it's about a young boy who is sent to go live with his father who is a cowboy Oh, so he goes like his dad doesn't live in Philly. His dad, his dad lives in Philly as a cowboy, in the hood. Because and he's sent there because he's not listening to his mom and just doing too much, really. Man, these East Coast niggas is different. And I want to <laughs> say he, his mom lived in, on the East Coast, so it's not like his mom was super far, but just like she was like, you can't stay here. You don't have to. You have to go stay with your dad. You have to go become a cowboy. Or a man. Man, these East Coast niggas is different, bro. Listen. (laughs) It's cool. It was a good movie, though. It was so good. Listen, the premise is already, you know, you can't really miss when the premise is a cowboy in Philadelphia, like, you know, especially on. And what was the other one with the other black cow um, cowboys and cowgirls? You know what I'm talking. Wait, is that Concrete Cowboy? No, is it the Hateful Eight? Oh, you talking about the Quentin Tarantino one with Regina King? Oh, you know, know what I'm talking I haven't about? Seen that one. The one that has Lakeith Stanfield in it. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. I don't know if it's Hateful Eight. It's a, it's not. I don't think it's called the Hateful Eight. But my grandpa loves westerns. Yeah, he loves westerns. So I also have a slight affinity for um, western themed movies. I mean that makes sense. My grandpa and grandma the same way. Like, like the old black and white, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Indians and cowboys. Yeah. Sorry. And uh, yeah. Native but, Americans, but you know what I mean when I say Indians, cowboys. But yeah, man, I'm. I think about it. I mean, I'm glad there's like an uproar of like those movies again because I really think about. It's funny how things circle back. Cause I remember my grandpa like, we had, free TV, and like you'll go watch movies with my grandpa and it's like, son, sit down, watch this, sit down, sit down, watch this, mm-hmm. and you just watching and like it's not that funny to me. <laughs> but my grandpa is busting up over there. I'm like, my grandpa's weird. <laughs> Like there was a there's a part there's like a, I never forget what movie I can't remember I can't remember what movie it was, but in the movie, this guy like this guy has a shotgun, mm-hmm. and he shoots this guy and when he blows the guy away all that's left is like he shoots him, and then in the next scene the guy like flies and his boots are just left standing there, like they fall and like they like fall and they like land perfectly, <laughs> and my grandpa was dead, and I'm just sitting there looking like. Like it's funny now, like like laughing at my reaction, but like in the moment I'm like, well, it's funny about that in the movie. I'm laughing at the movie, the idea I could see it. Well, the the it was and a fun- your reaction, but I think the funny thing about the movie was like they were serious. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so it's like serious, like it's like a serious, like a guy pull up, like I'm about to kill you, boom, and it's just boots, <laughs> like boots that feels like oh wait, what? it's like was that. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, that's what I love about watching old westerns with my grandpa. Though I like seeing kind of like what was, what constituted special effects, you know, and drama back then. And they have actually, 
there's some good westerns with some some interesting plots that I feel. Oh yeah. You know, black and white or early color um, movies that my grandpa's put me on to. I can't think of the names off the top of my head, but I, I never knew the name. I, I just could, it is the next one came on. I'm trying to think of what that what that actor's name is too. But I'll put maybe I'll comment on this episode. Uh, I'll, t- I'll ask him to remind me what movies we watched before. You see, yeah, was but, it Clint Eastwood? I know everybody loves. Oh Clint yeah, Eastwood. we definitely love watching some Clint East. He loves a good Clint Clint Eastwood movie. The last time I stayed with him, we watched um, The Mule. Oh, Two Mules of Mary, Mer- uh, Mary or something like that. No, just The Mule. The Mule. Yeah. Oh, not the Two Mules of Mary. Is that a, wait? Are we talking about Clint Eastwood? Is there not a Clint Eastwood in that movie? Let's do a fact check. Come back. Don't the go far. The mule is about uh, Clint, um, Clint Eastwood becoming a drug runner for the cartel. Jesus. Uh, also a very interesting movie. But, you know, just got to be careful with Clint Eastwood movies because there's sometimes a tinge of microaggressions. But... Um, I still really enjoy his movies a little. Oh, that sounds so bad. Two Mules for Sister Sarah. It's a different movie. The budget was, imagine, this movie was made in 1970 and the budget was $2.5 million. I mean. Is that a lot of money back then? 1970. I don't know. I don't know if that was a lot for a movie in the 70s. I guess so. $2.5 billion? $2.5 million? I have no idea what what a lot of money was beyond the 90s. <laughs> you know what I mean in terms of yeah. like how the economies compare. But interesting. Anyway, yeah. But yeah, guys, we got some uh you know, we had a we had some cool weeks. I think well, I can't speak rally. I had a pretty cool week, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, got working on some interviews for Creative Balance show. Um. Also, went to Fresno. So, my friend had an MMA fight, destroyed somebody in 15 seconds. Dang, that's cool. Yeah, it's kind of scary. You know what I said after? You know what I said after he won that fight? Mm-hmm. I could still take him. <laughs> what did you say? I could still take him. <laughs> literally, I'm like literally like I watched him fight, and I'm not serious, but you know like. There's always an arrogance. So I watched him like like really like throw this guy and like beat him up. The guy was just doing this. And my guy, my friend, if you saw my friend, like he's shredded, like lats are on like 99. But you know, just like a little arrogance, I'm like, that wouldn't have been me. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have gone out like that. Yeah, I, I would never want I never would have went out like a sucker like that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, my friend's shredded, he'll probably beat my ass. But like <laughs> But yeah, that was, we had fun. Me and Richard went out and did that. And yeah, what did you do this weekend? This weekend, I focused on grading. I um, wrapped up my last two online classes for summer school. And I'm still kind of working on some of those grades. But mostly I finished uh, grading and, you know, getting cleaned up around home and, you know, enjoying, enjoying. <coughs> kind of the last bits of the summer that I have before the fall semester begins. So, um, yeah, this weekend I'm going to Long Beach to 
enjoy a little bit of a vacation before it's time to go back to school. So my bestie and I are going to be beach hopping okay. um, across L.A., just going to check out different beaches and relaxing. Like, that's just the main priority is relaxing, eating good, and sitting on the beach. That makes sense. That sounds like a vibe, though. Uh, like does it? Of, or are you going to... Well, I don't like beaches, but like, I was gonna say, like, I mean, like, going to the beach sounds like a vibe, but not yeah, the actual, not 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 that, <laughs> <laughs> like, the, like you know, the, the event leading up to it sounds cool, but like, not, not the be in there, not the be in there. Like, I went when I went to L.A. I went to see one of my friends at the beach, and we st- mm-hmm. we stayed in the parking lot, and it was a vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Yeah, we went to the beach, and we stood in the parking lot. Did mm. not touch the sand. You think did I'm not joking? touch the sand. You think I'm joking? I don't like the beach. No, I know you. You're serious. I just you didn't want to wear like your Crocs or anything in the sand. No, I didn't even touch. You didn't know. You know how like there's like the if you go to LA, there's like the the there's like the wall, and there's mm-hmm. the sidewalk, and mm-hmm. then there's the beach. I didn't even go over the wall. I just stood right there behind the wall by my car. You know, I used to feel like that about snow. Really? Yeah, like I don't like the way it feels to walk on snow necessarily because mm. I like I, I want the snow to crunch and it always leaves me dissatisfied with this mushes. like, yeah, mushes. It just but it's not even a satisfying mush. It's just hard and then slippery and it's uncomfortable. Mm. But um, but sand, I love to walk on. It's all exfoliating for your feetsies and, you know, makes your makes your feet see soft if you y'all say no is that really a thing (laughs) yeah really well i think so i don't know now because you know we use i need some scientific fact behind that we use salt um salt scrubs on our body all the time and i imagine that sand is a fusion of dirt and salt from the water am i is that wrong no no that's definitely like i get the idea but do it actually do is my question (laughs) i feel like it just sticks to the bottom and just stays there versus with a scrub like there's water and you're doing this you know that i think about it i get a pedicure before i go to the beach almost every time so do your feet does your feet beat when you come back no they're even softer they're like obviously they're sandy but once i take that shower or i rinse my feet off i need some people i need some people in the chat i need to know about this because i I've never heard this concept. This is a new concept about getting your feet exfoliated at the beach. Well, that's gross, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, a little bit but, of puka shell, and you know. All yeah, I guess if the water is like constantly washing it off, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. This is getting worse now. No, I'm not. No, I, listen. Hmm. <laughs> may, I've, I've never seen a beach bum with hard feet. You know. So there might be some credence to that, you know? I don't know. I, I don't know. For me, I I just like, I like how it feels, but I understand you, your sentiments. You like the desert? I, I would. I don't, I can't say I've ever been. Cause like, that's what the beach reminds me of, like the desert, but like with water. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening. I'm trying to understand the beach, guys. I just can't get, yeah. I just can't get it. Can't no, get it's with good. It. It's good. It's all good. But, guys, to introduce a sub, uh, a segment, you know, as corny as it sounds, let's talk about special things that we um, either experienced or saw 
or anything this week. Basically, I want to start a, a segment where we talk about special things of the week, something positive mm-hmm. um, that either we experienced, we saw, or whatnot. So I kind of want to start that on this episode, and I want to ask you, like, what's a special thing that you saw or experienced this week? Something special. How about you start? Want me start? Yeah. Well, my special thing, this is off the dome, by the way. Okay. I wasn't prepared. Okay. But my grandma got a dog, mm. and the dog's name is KJ. It's a little Yorkie. No. And you know what KJ stand for? stands for? Mm-hmm. Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> Why is your why is your mom's dog's name Kangaroo Jack? <laughs> Why? That's what I said. They're is like, that her oh, favorite movie? Huh? Is that her favorite movie? My grandma's? How was your grandma's dog? My okay. grandma's dog. She named him KJ. Because I guess when he walks, he starts jumping a little bit. <laughs> That's cute. So she named him KJ. And I'm like, Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> Listen, I don't. <laughs> Let her live. <laughs> I thought that was amazing. <laughs> so it's, good. Say, like, it's good. It cracked me up because I'm like, I mean, kind of stick. It's KJ. I mean, I would never call him Kangaroo Jack, but I'm like, no. hey, KJ, come here. <laughs> and KJ was kind of cute. <laughs> so, I love that your mom, your, I mean, your grandma gave her dog a, the name of another animal. Listen, man, them people. As part of his name. That silent generation is built different. <laughs> That's all I got to say. I don't know what's wrong with it. But. Yeah, that was my special thing in the week. I thought I thought mm-hmm. the name of that dog, and the dog has a, you know, we always forget the animals got personalities. The dog has the craziest personality. Like, is he like? He's just like sassy, or is he loving? Is he playful? Like, he's like a cat. I love cats. Like you know how like cats will like go around your leg and like kind of rub your like rub your body and leg. Mm-hmm. He does that, and I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> kind of mixed up, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, he'll, like, he's small, so, like, he does things that small dogs do, where just, like, stand on your chest, and it's like... Oh, I love I love when small dogs do that. I just, like, man, how disrespectful. <laughs> my mom feels the same way about her dog, though. It's like, why are you on my chest, bro? Her dog does that all the time. She's like, like I get it. Get off. <laughs> I love you, but... Like, I get it, because you're, space. like, small, and it doesn't hurt, but at, like, the same time, I'm like, bro, you're on my body. But it does <laughs> hurt. Their little paws be pressing all up on you sometimes. It's like jump off you or yeah, especially when they be they be doing extra. Like all right, now yeah. you now you trying to play. Mm-hmm. But yeah, KJ, shout out to KJ. Shout out to KJ. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's cute. What about you? What special thing you got? I'm trying to think of like a non-work related special thing because I'm realizing I talk a lot about work. It could be work. It's your life. Well, for for me, I want to kind of like shout out my students, my summer school students. My online classes okay. are wrapping up, as I mentioned, and my online teaching skills are good, but not as strong as like my in-person teaching skills. So every time I teach online, I'm learning something new and refining and getting better. And this week, I had the opportunity to, I, I did something new. I tried this like impromptu speech where they, it's like a farewell, it's called farewell for now, where my students basically mm. say their final words to one another, to me, but I had some very specific questions and some of them included like, how did you grow? What did you enjoy about this class? What are you still working on? And what are some words of encouragement or wisdom for future students that take this class? And I was just very pleasantly surprised by the words that they offered to future students. Um, 
because you got to understand, like when you spend a whole eight weeks beating yourself up about, you know, the class that you're building, that you want to be a good experience for your students, but you're seeing all of the problems, you're not really seeing the good experiences because you're not experiencing them. You're putting out all the fires. Yeah. So for the end of the of the term to come and it be like, a lot of gratitude, a lot of reflecting on like things that people have improved on in their skills, mm -hmm. feeling like the course was w either one of their favorite classes that they've taken, one of the most like fun classes mm -hmm. that they've taken, or, you know, just one of the most rewarding classes they've taken in, in college all together. And for, so for students to say things like that, I don't know when I'm feeling very, I guess you could say like, um, unsure about the effectiveness sometimes. It was just like a very wonderful way to end the semester because when you fall short as an instructor, it's, it's, it's a lot easier sometimes, I think, for students to complain and use it as a cathartic opportunity to just say what they didn't like. And I have had students do that it's before. It's time for me to go in on her. Yes. <laughs> and I have had students that do that, and it drains me. Like, I almost am like, wow. She going to hear about me now. Why don't you just come to office hours sooner? We could have talked about this in person. But, um... <laughs> So anyway, I don't know. That's like a, a small thing for me that was very, or a big thing for me. It's the first time I've gotten almost. It was all good? All, yeah, almost like universally good That's feedback good. about their online learning. So You didn't have nobody like, I'm going to roast her and ra rate my teacher. They, they still do, got that? They do still have rate my professor. I'm glad I didn't go to college. <laughs> I would have been tearing people up <laughs> in that in that rate. Got some pretty some pretty interesting some dicey ones. Yeah, <laughs> some good ones and some some dicey ones. But that'd be a good that'd be a good thing to do. Like a fun thing to do. Like go through it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be not, great. <laughs> like maybe not just like maybe not yours will like roast you, but like go through some of like the mo like like see if I can find a Reddit thread of like some of the funniest or like rate my professor <laughs> review. <laughs> That would be great. Honestly, honestly, I would love to compare. That'd be funny. So, <laughs> yeah, it would. Dang. So imagine that. Like, imagine like you write like you know you write a review on like rate my professor, and it's like some guy like really goes like like goes into like a soliloquy about like how he felt about the class. It was like, nigga, if you put that energy into the class, you might have passed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, got, you you put all the energy into this last one, huh? Damn, you got notes and everything, bro. Like, if you put this energy into the class, you would have got the grade that you was looking for. <laughs> that would have been funny anyway. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that. <laughs> one of my students in, in his farewell video, he was, he told future students, he was like, listen, Professor Boyd gives good quality feedback. And if you don't apply it, don't be mad when you lose points the next time for doing the same thing after she already told you what, what to fix. <laughs> and I appreciated that because there are so many times where I spend hours writing thorough feedback and students commit the same errors because they just, you know, sometimes don't read it. But they read it. I digress. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> Like, man, I'm about to BS his next one. All right, bro. Yeah, it'd be like that. But, guys, I think, you know, the week has been, not only has the week been good for us, the week has been crazy. A lot has happened in the yeah. last 14 days since we recorded. <laughs> 
it's like one of those days where it's like I'm just so glad I'm not on Twitter, but I'm like also sad that I'm not on Twitter because so much stuff happened this week, like these last two weeks. Like mm-hmm. before we get into all that, I want to give a shout out to a product. Allie really liked the product when I showed it to her, but there's two companies, one called um, Nightcap mm-hmm. and the other one called Invisaware, and these are all like, you know. I know it's like random I'm bringing them up, but I just wanted to show them out because I was on TikTok and I saw these, you know, I saw you see all these like different videos, but it was this one video where the people like did this reenactment of like this guy being like hecka pushy about like this girl guarding her drink. And then he shows like, they show how easy it is for a guy like to put something in a drink. So they make these like little cozies that go over the cup and they're called nightcaps where it's like, it's like a scrunchie. And then you take it out, and it has, like, a little sleeve that goes over the cup that just has enough room for your straw. And it's, like, a protection device for women when they go out to the club, especially, like, packed clubs where they're fear, feared about getting drugged, which mm-hmm. is nuts. Yeah. Like, I've I've never been into it. I've never been to, a like, a club like that, like, where something's happened. Like, I've heard stories, but I've never been in that vicinity, but... Something like this, I feel like it was like cool to, to showcase. But Ali wants to also showcase. Oh yeah, Invisaware. What she said, um, adopted or mm-hmm. absorbed um, Nightcap. So shout out to Nightcap mm-hmm. and the 16 year old who developed it. Yeah, because like, like Nightcap said. is its own company and they make them. Invisaware has like has like, you know, they adopted like they basically have their own version of that product now. Mm-hmm. But like I was reading a story about the lady. I cannot remember her name, but basically the story that she gave was. The lady who started Invisaware is that she was walking to her car after a party one day and she was walking by herself and a group of guys came and were like, you know, like, you know, trying to holla. She was like, ugh, like rolled her eyes and kept walking. She said one of the guys like rolled up, like hopped out the car and like started falling into the car. So she like booked it to the car and like drove off. <clears throat> but she said in that moment, after that moment, she realized like how many, she like thought to herself about how many other people might not have been that lucky or never know what could have happened. And she's talking about like how like there's no time when a guy's chasing you to pull out your phone, unlock the phone, and then dial 911. So she's trying to find an easier way of doing it, and that's when she she started Invisible. I think she started in 2018, mm-hmm. um, and that's why she makes like these scrunchies and then like these bracelets that like, I guess you could say like Life Alert, but it's like an SOS button. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not. I didn't look into like what the actual button does, but it's basically like a safety button. It's a safety button, yeah, and it basically um, links you to ADT. Um. An ADT agent is available to, t- to to basically talk with you until you're in a safe place. Interesting. Or else to call um, law enforcement to help you find safety, and also will track your location. So it's, you know, if you ever feel like you're in danger, basically you've got somebody to immediately get in contact with. Yeah, because, like, she made a good point. Like, bro, if you're getting chased, especially girls have their phone in a, in a purse, like, how are you going to dig in your purse while also full sprinting? Like, it's just not, it's not feasible. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've heard, like, and I'm, I'm like, I think it's pretty cool to see, like, some of these products, like, start to come out. Because I don't know if you saw that Uber added a panic button. Oh, no, I didn't Other, know. I think they're experimenting with adding a panic button to the app for people who are in the car just because of, you know, people being in their car and then the Uber driver's a weirdo. It's yeah. Like, oh, my goodness. I would use Uber if they have that. I don't <laughs> use Uber. No? For that very reason. Oh, really? I've had a lot of um, 
unique characters on Uber. Yeah, I don't. I know people will take it by themselves, but I just don't feel comfortable taking Ubers alone. I'll yeah. take it with friends, but that makes sense. Alone, I'm not. In the, I'm. Uh, it's not my ministry. You know, I think about it. Shout out to the lady in L.A. Maybe like two years ago. Where, where was I going? Where did I go? I went to L.A. and flew out of L.A. and went somewhere. And I remember I caught an Uber with this lady. So I caught in, in L.A. They have a. In LA, the Uber, you can like do like a co a co ride where someone else can oh, get in yeah. the ride with you. Mm-hmm. And I remember I got this lady who rode with me, and we like rode in the back seat together and we chatted it up. Like, did I, granted, I thought nothing of it, but I thought to myself, now I'm thinking about it as you're talking about, I'm like, I was a complete fucking stranger in that car with her with another complete stranger. But uh, I mean, yeah, see, I don't know. I guess I maybe would be more open to a ride share, but even that, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because yeah, like you're. She get dropped off first. So I'm like, you're dropping me off to where she's getting dropped off. And I'm not thinking, I'm just trying to go home. I just got from a flight. I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to go home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to get to my car. Mm-hmm. And she just, she's literally going to her house. Like, I'm, she's getting dropped off at her house. And I'm like, there, like, eh. It's like weird when you think about it. You know? But it's like, it, it's weird because, you know, people are weirdos. It's not weird because, like, it's for me, yeah. yeah, for me, it's like, uh, whatever. But, like, if somebody's a weirdo in a situation, it's like, oh, man. It's going to be to my address. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I feel like that about deliveries, too. Like, food deliveries, to an yeah. instant. I will order DoorDash. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I don't love it. You know, that's what's, you know, that's a, like, when you think about how, how society has changed, at one, like, the idea of putting your phone, like, the idea of putting your card information mm-hmm. on the internet to buy something was just like a no. Like, and not even That's like a true. long time ago, like our lifetime yeah. ago. Like yeah. At 10, I'm like, mom, can you buy something on me? Buy something for me online? All you have to do is put your card information into this website and it will charge your account. And then you got to give them the address so they can send, send it to you. you. <laughs> Wild. I know. I know. Like that, that concept back then, like, man, that sounds like a scam. But somehow we live a generation where like, that's normal. My grandma's barely coming around to, and my grandpa, both of them are barely coming around to ordering things online. Really? They'll still have us order, like help them order from Amazon or something. It's not often, but only when my grandma, oops, sorry, only when my grandma's on uh, Facebook and she comes across something, you know, an ad, she'll be like, what do you think about this? You think this is, you think I get, you think this is real? <laughs> At least she asks. Too. Yeah. So sometimes she can figure it out for herself too. But yeah, um, definitely fake. before before she orders, she'll always ask us. She she doesn't ever order anything. Well, that's herself, how I feel about but. all the Timu stuff. Like, bro, there's like a small, there's like the small seven year old in me that's like, is this real? I, I've heard it is. But then I'm like, twenty four dollars for a Nintendo Switch. I don't know, bro. I seen people order stuff, and I'm like, am I willing to take the risk? <laughs> it's only twenty four dollars. Why not? But see, I'm I'm. I'm petty. Twenty four dollars gonna piss me off. <laughs> Twenty four dollars is enough money. We're like, damn. Like I bought something off Wish before. It was like nine bucks. I could deal with the nine bucks L. Like, oh dang, got me. I'm <laughs> out nine. And it wasn't really outed because you still get the product, but it just wasn't as they described it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a little bit shoddier quality. I don't remember. I think I got like a back scratch or something like that. But like, Maybe. I'm cool with that. But like, you know, like a Switch. You're, you're talking about it's. Nin- you're saying the words Nintendo. And switch in the same sentence, and you're showing me a box of Nintendo Switch for twenty five dollars. Is there a picture of, of the actual Switch too? 
I mean, it's not. It's it's a picture of like it's like a stock picture. Mm-mm. Scam. And they have all these ads. I'm like, I don't know, bro. Twenty four dollars. With all the ads, a scam. Yeah, that's a scam. what I'm saying. Like, Screaming a scam. That's what I'm saying. Like, Timu, like, I don't know, bro. I think you're trying to play me. I think you're trying to get me. Maybe. I don't know. I've seen a lot of, like, shorts on people finding decent stuff from Timu, but that's weird. I don't know. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's crazy that it's, like, it's so weird to think, like, some things are, like, normal. Like, like, like even, like, like, today. Like, at one point... Even though catcalling wasn't welcome, it was like normal. Mm-hmm. Now it's like absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. Like how culture shifts so much, but like, catcalling is like a no-no unless you're sliding someone's DMs. Then you you might be able to you know you could throw a little. Well, today you could throw a hail mary. Today the new the new form an acceptable form of catcalling I think is riz, rizzing. I thought you were gonna say yeah. I don't even know what that is. If you don't know what it is, because you don't have it. Yeah. Okay. Anybody who knows what got means they know what I'm talking about. G Y A T T T T. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> is that Caribbean or something? Uh. <laughs> 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 got is what they use when usually somebody has bunda. No bunda so is. it is. No, yeah, like, booty? Yeah. So, like, usually when someone got a big old booty, you'll, if you go in a comment section, you'll see, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind of, like, similar to gal. Yeah, yeah. Kind. Of, I mean, well, because gal means girl, right? Mm-hmm. So, gyat is, like, got. Like, got damn. Oh, okay. So, he's saying, yeah. <laughs> I never knew. No, I never knew. Yeah, if you go on TikTok and you see a girl with big booty, if you if you if you go on go on on TikTok, anytime you see a girl with big booty, I'm almost positive if you go into the comments, you'll see somebody say "got." And now there's it's it's elevated because somebody somebody was one girl. She was a I think she was at a convention, and she's like wearing like a, like something that was like showy. Her booty was out, and somebody in the comments said, "I got to be her friend." <laughs> <laughs> And now that's like the thing, like everybody's like in the comments, like using God. <laughs> Man, listen, I'll be on the internet. It's, it's lit. Is it Jamaican? Like, what is it? No, it's, it's, it? like I said, it's goddamn. Oh, but you're saying like it's yeah. like Eng- it's like English um, slang. Yeah, because like you know, like you're saying like <laughs> you, never, you never heard an old dude say that? yeah. Yeah, I have like goddamn like. Yeah. But sorry, but I, so I, I, that's how they spelling it like G Y A T T T. It made me think of um, okay, okay. It made me think of like. You know how in Jamaica they say uh, I'm so bad at saying it because I can't pronounce it. Um, but you know, like uh, Bombaclat. Bombaclat. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. How to yeah, pronounce it, but that's, that's how, much that's better. How that's much better. But I'm I'm always like so t- terrible at pronouncing it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, say with confidence. I, no, I I used to talk to this Jamaican guy, and he would always laugh at me because I couldn't. I I tried, but. Just don't got it in. I'll try it. I'll I'll figure it out. Yeah, you just gotta you know you gotta you just gotta get absorbed in it. You know, it's like, the spelling doesn't seem to feel like it translates e- evenly. Bombaclat. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you know, 
I don't know. I, can, I, I don't know. I'm not Jamaican. <laughs> I don't know how we got here. No, it's a bad word. I don't know either. Today's episode, we're just kind of floating along. All I know is shout out to all the people who know what God means. Keep using it. It lives on. That's the new cat. Oh, that's what I said. It was a new cat call. Oh, that's right. That's like right. We're circling the, back. Yeah, in the in the DM. Okay. Not yeah. In the DM. You said yeah. that, you said that in the comments. You don't say got in the DM. Okay. You say that in the comment section, and then when she likes it, you follow up in the DM. And you and have a conversation, a respectful conversation. Oh, of course. Unless yeah. you're on unless you're on uh, Bumble. Or Tinder. Okay. Uh, not according to me. According to the world. I don't know. I'm not on either. Yeah, I've I've seen um. Yeah, I just don't get it. I don't get I don't get Bumble and Tinder. Um, I used to be on Bumble. You get it? What's the success What's the success rate for you on Bumble? I need to understand this. I don't understand it. What do you mean? Like what's the su- <laughs> <laughs> Like the success rate is like whatever you were looking to get on Bumble, did you succeed oh. in getting it? I don't know. 0%. 0%? Yeah, like I, uh. but I know people who've met their person on Bumble, you know? Um Oh, wait. So I didn't know people went on there to meet their person. I don't think they were on there intentionally <laughs> to do that. That's what happened. Yeah, because like, but because even I, I'm a nah. Yeah, I'm what? About to say something crazy. What? what, what? what I'm about to say something say? crazy, but like, yeah, like, <laughs> but I was. <laughs> I was gonna say, um, yeah, like I don't know, like the con- even like that concept, like the concept of like there's a bunch of young people in this app <laughs> out bo- out seeking each other just to have sex is so wild to me. <laughs> like even though that's not totally true, yeah, yeah, like underhandedly everybody understands that's what the that's what the that's, no- that's what the key. notion is. Yeah, I would say back in the day when I was on Bumble, that was definitely yeah. Back in the day, it was long enough ago. It, it was long, yeah. It feels it was pre-COVID when I was on Bumble. Actually, the beginning of COVID, I feel like I was also mm, like mid midway through. I don't I feel, remember. What I feel point, like but. like Tinder, like I feel like Bumble made more sense than Tinder because like you, like after. I guess like you said, guys are just doing this. Mm-hmm. Which you know, as I think about Tinder, I think I'll do the same thing. Like. Girl, like I said, it's uh, girls are more picky than dudes. Guys, they really don't care. As long as you're not smacked. If you're smacked, then it's like a heck no. Or, you know, if you have a type, like, you know, some people have their types, then it's a no. But it's like, if you're anything over a five. That's why I got off that app. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, it's almost like fishing with a net. Huh. Sometimes you might catch an octopus. You got to let it back go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to let it go. Like, oh, you wasn't supposed to be in here. Let me get you out of here. Hate you, it. <laughs> no. Nope. You never it. tried it yourself. What? Like you never just did all the swipes to see what happens. No. Why not? I don't want to give anybody the wrong idea. You just, unfollow, yeah. you just unlike them after you're done. I mean, I want to yeah, get on Bumble. I guess that's true, but I want to get on Bumble. I just suck at making profiles. But, well, I have a girlfriend. I was going to say, you have but a like, whole girlfriend too, but... Not like that, but like, I was like, I'm going to be real. You know, like... Now, this is funny. Like, I watch people on, like, TikTok and stuff like that. Like, they'll go into the... They'll, 
they like go and like you know riz people up. That seems like a lot of fun. And a lot of them they be having girlfriends, but they just be in there like you know like oh like they'll go in there like I'm just gonna like what should I say? Like I, that sounds fun to me. Like that, that reminds me of like when I had a girlfriend. I was but I was young, young, young. This chat line like. Oh yeah. I'm just I'm not trying to look for anything. I'm just down there just to, to mac fun. you mac you up a little bit and get well, off the phone. So that's what I mean by like at one point I was on Bumble. Okay, I feel like I was on Bumble and there was like one other one that I can't think of the name of at this time. It was like better quality the than black Bumble. one? Not the black no. people one, the um shoot. Uh, hinge. Yeah. It was hinge. That was I was on I heard hinge. Hinge is lit. Yeah, I was on hinge like maybe two years into the pandemic or a year into the pandemic. Um, and that is different than Bumble. Bumble is 100% just about hookups, and that's what I also noticed. But Hinge is like prompts, right? Yeah, Hinge has prompts. It makes you. It makes it more interesting. So much fun. You know, Bumble. I feel like Bumble also women have to make the first move, and that's also uncomfortable because if dudes are just swiping and accepting everything, and I have to make the first move, that's like there's no return. That puts all the power um, in your hand. Not when, not when dudes are just there for their egos to be stroked, and so that's what I was there for too. <laughs> I mean, you, did you raise anybody up? I mean, do girls? I guess I don't know if girls do the. Do girls? Do, yeah, girls raise people up. I've seen girls raise people up. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you. I don't remember. It's been so long. Probably a couple guys, but at the end of the day, like I said, it's more about like at that time ego, like boosting my ego a little. That's what it was. Yeah, I think I'd gone through like a, I think I think a dude, I'm not gonna say he curved me, but things just didn't work out, <laughs> and I was like, whatever helps you. I'm not saying it's healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. Hey, man. I'm not saying be like me, okay? I'm not, I'm not mad at it. But you know, your girl, your girl was insecure, so. I feel like I don't know. I feel like I just be saying I, I just like you know I'm sick. I like to t- you know. I'm like a scientist. I like to test shit. <laughs> so like, I feel like my whole premise of my page on like Bumble or Hinge mm-hmm. will be just to say the most outlandish thing. Like, see what I could get away with, and not like disrespectfully, but like, you know, I, I like to push the edge a little bit. Like, let me see what y'all willing. To, like, like you know, what can I say? What are y'all willing to accept? And I and I realize something when a girl likes you. That threshold is very high. <laughs> when a girl likes you or thinks you're cute, the threshold of what you say is very high. But when that girl do not think you're cute, nigga, you can't even say hi. <laughs> like, you say hi and it's like, ugh. Like, what are you doing? But, like, if you, I don't know. That's crazy. What I, <laughs> Man. Yeah. I'm, I need to do some experiments. <laughs> I'm gonna get my I'm gonna get my little brother on t- on there mm-hmm. and get him and, and game him up like, hey man, say this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I remember one time, shout. I'm not gonna say the name, but like one time I had a friend and he finally lost his virginity. I remember he was so excited about it. I remember he came to, he came to all of us. He's like, yeah, bro, I finally did it, and we're all like, yeah, woo, you did it, whatever. He's like, yeah, I want to do it again, but I don't know what to say. Again, myself being dumb. Like this, this is an example. I talk about pushing the pushing the limit. I say you should text her talking about, hey, let me run it back like a punt return. (laughs) 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 
Sandra. And he did it. I said, oh, no. I was saying that as like something I would say. <laughs> I don't know if you can say things like that. But I'm willing to risk it. I'm willing to say stuff like that. Hey, let me run it back like a perm return. I think that was a fair. I think that's a pretty good line. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I feel like it works for me. I, I Him? I don't think he should have said it. No, like, you didn't think it was like a Rizzy thing for him? You know, I think Riz is, sub- is subjective, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I could use the same lines that, like, Kai Sinat and Duke Dennis. I have to use lines that I could use that come natural mm. for me. Duke Dennis, he has the Riz. Duke Dennis is an attractive chocolate man with a fucking beautiful grill. He does! <laughs> like, who could, how could you not be attracted to that? I'm so jealous. And he's a regular dude, too. That's the other thing. He's, he... Type shit, type shit, type shit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. What? What? No, no, it's nothing. That's how he says it. I know. <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm a fan. But I'm a fan of him too. But I'm also a fan of Cali. So stay off my man, Duke, bro. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't pay attention to him like that. Okay. His ex-girlfriend? Yeah. Or his current girlfriend? No, they broke up. Doesn't matter. I'm on a dating hiatus for the rest of this year anyway, so I'm off the market anyway. Sorry, Duke. Don't hop in her DMs. (laughs) She's on a dating hiatus. (laughs) Sorry. I couldn't fall in love with you even if I wanted to. (laughs) But no. as far as, you know, we might as well get into it. Okay. We have a topic here. You know, Joey Badass, he did an interview recently. He interviewed, he talked about. When he met Jay-Z, it changed his life. You know, he said something about, something to the effect of like, when he met Jay-Z at such a young age, it literally completely changed his life. Like it, op- like it, it like opened up his world to, to, to the possibilities of what his life could be. And as I was reading that article, I was thinking to myself like, that's a, it's a cliche question, but I've never thought about it in, in that way of like, who would I have, like who's somebody that I could meet that would like, like let me know like dang I can really like like th- like I can really do anything I kind of wanted to ask you that question like who's somebody you feel like you would meet or I wanted to explore that like who's somebody you think you would meet that would change your life some okay like celebrity I met or you don't gotta so be celebrity you don't gotta be celebrity like who's somebody you personally feel like if you met would change your life um that's a good question. I got a couple people in mind. It depends on what for. Like, I, but off the top of my head, I've always wanted to meet um, India Ari. Interestingly, hot to- hot take, because she's. I don't know who that is. You know who India Ari is? She's a soul, a neo soul artist. Okay. She sings I'm Not My Hair. Okay. You know that song? Mm-mm. Putting me on a new stuff. Strength, today. courage, and wisdom. Strength, courage, and wisdom. It's been inside of me all along. No? Okay, so I grew up listening to NDRE, and she is, I would say, like, a lot of, um, like, black women's empowerment mm-hmm. music in, in the form of soul. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I grew up listening to her. I love her music. I'm inspired by her as an artist, mm-hmm. and I feel like the way she, like, lives her life is inspiring to me in a way that, like, I'm like, how did you do that like how did you get there yeah and so that that's like one person there's also another person um that comes to mind wait so wait before we go to the next person like what, what's something that you feel like like a meeting her what do you feel like would change your life about it i feel like my perspective about my own artistry 
Mm. Just because, like, I feel like her art, it comes from a very pure place. Her music comes from a very genuine and authentic place. She doesn't do music um, out of ego anymore. At least, I, at least I feel like in, in listening to her share her story, it used to be a bit more about, she used this <coughs> metaphor of, like, she used to, she used to do music in this form of chasing this dangling carrot in front of her, which would be like awards and acknowledgement from the world until she started to be satisfied just with like the fans that were able to engage her music with her, you know, to be just satisfied with mm. the community of artists that she works with and collabs with and makes music with and herself, just her own gift. Yeah. Um, and how music has healed and kept her kind of like, you know, grounded it throughout a lot of ups and downs in her life, like very serious ups and downs. And for me, I feel like music has the capability of offering the same in my life. But so do you feel like you want to like understand you feel like meeting her will help you understand or like help you visualize where that music comes from? Or I think I think she will help me help like help build confidence and um, inspiration and how to really walk in it because mm. I often get distracted by everyday life. Like I'm, I'm, I don't know. I feel like I wish I could be like an artist where my life's work is about creating beauty in this world. Mm. And I just feel like I focus way too much on teaching, like the intellectual part. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I, I think she could change my life in that way of just like, how it's possible to be happy as an artist, yeah. how to be fulfilled as an artist in life. Mm. Um, and teaching is its own art form too. So I would be curious if she could inspire me to find ways to, I don't know, just walk more in my authenticity than I already try to do, Yeah, you know? Um, and you say you had someone else? Yeah, but I, Talk about it. No, it's not. I don't want to talk about it, but like I want to give a thoughtful answer, and it's one that's just kind of fresh off the dome. So okay. I'll reserve it, and I want to ask you, who would you, who would be your person? I mean, I don't gotta be thoughtful. I just, I just wonder, like you know, like because I have like two. Okay. My first one was always Will Smith. Will Smith would be. It's always gonna be Will Smith. Why for Will me. Smith for you? Why, why I want to interview him, or why I would want to meet him. I just want to see what, he really, what he's really like. Like, you know, we know... That's always been my question. Like, I, mm -hmm. I've never taken what I see in the camera or on social media as face value. Mm -hmm. I always wonder, is that really how you are? Mm -hmm. So, like, that's, like, my first thing. Like, is that really you, Will? And the second thing is just more... I guess kind of like what you're saying. Like, I would want to see how he actually lives his life. Like, and maybe not... I maybe wouldn't get... I maybe wouldn't get like some catharsis from it, but I think it. I think I'll get like some inklings of like, because that's like the whole pr premise of like kind of creative balance, where it's like understanding what is like what does it really look like. Mm -hmm. You know, we see Beyonce on tour, like because we see the shows, but like what leads up to the show. Mm -hmm. Like, is she like on the phone with her kids? Is that like are they with her? Like, you know, like what? Like same thing for him. Like, you know, you got. What is it like now being 50 some years old with grown kids versus when you were you were younger and your kids were younger like 
like those conversations I feel like I don't know I feel like I feel like those would definitely help me not that I want to be like an actor or anything like that but like mm-hmm. I feel like it would help me in understanding and I guess I, I guess I can get that from someone probably closer that I already know but I feel like Will Smith is a good example of somebody who went from like nobody knew anything about his life to now everybody knows everything about his life and I just want to know like I feel like sitting down with him and like really seeing who he is and what that took will be interesting because you always hear him talking about how he's constantly learning and adjusting and learning and adjusting like even in his marriage and stuff like that I'm like what kind of person is that like what kind of you know mm-hmm. so that would, that would be my reason that would be my person and then my second person sorry y'all I gotta meet Kanye why Kanye you said why Kanye yeah like and would you meet Kanye right now is who he yeah, is yeah I'm right Okay. With the shoulder pads and everything. I don't know. Like I said, I, listen, I'm going to be real. If I meet Kanye, what did Chance Rapper say? I met Kanye West. I'm never going to fail. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, I don't know. I don't know. I With Kanye West, I, I, don't, I, I think if I ever meet Kanye West, I'll probably just be like, dang. I really met this nigga. <laughs> like, I, like to me, it's like I could do anything now. <laughs> like you know, like you know, like when you check certain goals off the box, you're like, now that I've checked that goal off the box, like I could die happy. I could do absolutely anything now. <laughs> like Kanye, that's where Kanye is in my life, and mm-hmm. I, it's a little bit idolatry. I'm sorry, but this is how I feel. Well, personally, you know, I would I would like an India Ari's influence in my life in that way, regard. I, I don't feel like she's quite as popular today. And she was recently in like media about saying something, um, uh, something about the BET awards, how it was like, you know, not the award show. Oh, the Essence Festival, it was the Essence Festival. They had twerking for the first time. And she was just oh, like, yeah. she, you know, she had words about it. She had feelings about it. and. It, she had to explain herself because people don't know her. They don't know where she comes from. But mm-hmm. I look at her as someone who does music as medicine. Yeah. And that's what I'm inspired by by her is how are you able to make your music and your words medicine to people and not be. Um, not be torn down by the negative reactions of the world to your efforts hmm. you know I can, what I mean I guess when I think about it it kind of reminds me of um, Toni Morrison where it's like she understood like when she's making her stuff she said she understood she wasn't making it for the masses and she understood that the masses weren't going to like it mm-hmm. it was meant for this specific group mm-hmm. and if everybody else enjoys it cool but y'all have to come over here mm-hmm. I'm not going to go over there mm-hmm. and I don't know I don't know NDRE obviously and I got to probably look more into where her music is. But I, I, I can imagine it's something that, like along that lines, like I'm making this for this specific type of person. So if you don't like it, it's because you're not this it's type not of person. You. Yeah. 100 percent. And I think I do say that's a hard thing because I can only say that because like even like when I posted the last clip mm-hmm. about like the hey, white people thing, like, you know, there's a part of me before I pushed the publish button where I'm like, am I going to offend some people? But at my same time, as I watched it again, especially the way that I edited it, I'm like, 
if you're offended by this, it wasn't meant for you. So I'm posting it anyway. And people liked it. Mm-hmm. And even my, all my, I got white friends. I got, yeah. like, you know, shout out to Ryan. Shout out to both Ryans. Well, Ryan, one Ryan's white, the other one's Mexican. Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, like, you know, my white friends liked it. Uh, so I'm, I'm let, even though it's not fully validation, mm-hmm. it lets me know that at least I wasn't being a, like, I was being brash, but I wasn't being offensive. I yeah. wasn't, and I wasn't trying to offend somebody. But, yeah, yeah like, interesting. Um, along the same lines of her, also, I would love to meet, and I, that I, the person I think would change my life is um, Missy Yanla Van Zant. Have you heard of Missy Yanla? Iyanla Fixed My Life? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the way you said it at first, I did not know who that was. <laughs> Miss Iyanla Van Zant. You know, you gotta, she, Miss Iyanla is important to, like, you know, <laughs> her formal name. But I know, like, for uh, for some people, they it's like a hit or miss in terms of what they think about her. But I really am inspired by the work she does and the healing that she does for other people and how she does her healing. And so for me, it's part of partly like wanting her to fix my life and my family. (laughs) Respectfully, mom. I want to be on the show. (laughs) I I don't even really want to be on the show. I don't even think my family would be down for something like that. But that's that's the problem. I think that (laughs) if I could, if I could be a fusion of two different celebrities that I I love, they're it's Indiari and it's Iyanla with what they do. One heals through music. Hmm. The other heals through counseling and words and speaking. And both of those are, gifts I feel I have Mm -hmm. but that need to be refined that need to be better and more nurtured and I just admire how they both use those gifts I think I have them but I just kind of am still figuring out how to use them Mm. if that makes sense so that makes sense yeah I I don't mean that opportunistically I mean that genuine in terms of like just wanting wanting to meet two individuals who have inspired a lot for me yeah you know to this day but that's what i think that i mean that's what i, I agree i think i think that's the point of it right like yeah. when you because i feel like granted like you know you I, I don't know if you saw where people were on twitter like you taking the million dollar uh the, the you know whatever million dollar x amount of million dollars or the dinner with jay-z people say, i'm taking the game i'm taking the dinner with jay-z i'm gonna get more game than that. jay-z jay-z came out and said y'all tripping all right if i was y'all i'd take the money <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Take the money and then pay for a dinner with Jay Z. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That, that might be an expensive dinner. Still, I don't think I don't think it's enough money. You gonna probably use a ball the money trying to meet with Jay Z for a meet and greet. Man, listen, I don't listen. I, I it's a guy I follow and he's talking about how so much money he how much pay, money he's paid for people's one hour. That motherfucker paying a lot of money. <laughs> He said he spent like he spent a good, he said a good chunk of his money is spent on getting one hour from like billionaires. Damn. And because he's trying to become a billionaire, but he said he pays you know ex whatever he don't care what the amount is because he said he feels like granted he's also sitting down with the uh, the concept of like I'm gonna get this con I'm gonna get like something from you, and I feel like with the di- with the dinner for Jay Z I'm like Jay Z I don't know if, did- if Jay Z eating dinner you're not finna get nothing out of him you know I'm trying to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Like especially like when I, when I think about like what Kevin Harvey's talking about Jay Z like so casually, he's he makes Jay Z sound funny. <laughs> I mean I think Jay Z is funny, but he like like you know Jay Z is a human being at the same time. Like I don't know about that, Kev. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I don't know. Like 
I think for me, when it comes to like meeting, I don't think I would get. I don't think I'll get any like skills from each one of those people. Mm-hmm. I think it is like w- one part of it for me. What like I said, what what Kanye is just seeing. Can we hear about Kanye having these radical ideas? But I want to see like great not not to like go around him and want him to be on, but you know I just want to see like what the fuck they be talking about. Because like I've I've seen like. I've watched a lot of fashion icons like do interviews and they're like, oh, who's somebody that you love to talk to? And all these motherfuckers be saying Kanye West. And I'm like, what the fuck? What the nigga Kanye be talking about? <laughs> like, what? like, you know, it's be like it's like the thing in my mind, like, like I don't want to meet him and think I'm gonna get put on or nothing like that. Like, I'm not the type of like Kanye, I wanna meet you. I just wanna know, I just wanna genuinely have a conversation with him, like, and like just really talk to him. Like really see how his brain works. Yeah. And, and not, like not like pick his brain, but like just have a conversation and see like what comes from that conversation. Mm-hmm. Because I be hearing people talking, I'm like, what the fuck did this nigga like? like you know, you get kind of like, what the fuck does this nigga be talking about now? That's true. There are a lot of celebrities who have commented on having, like, powerful conversations with him. And it's like, what did he say? That's what I'm saying. Like, what the f-? And, like, even I like, think about, like, when he got his, um, when he won his Grammy. What was it? What year? I can't remember what year it was. When he won his Grammy, he was like, I feel like it was one of the, his best speeches ever. Some of y'all, I know a lot of y'all was wondering what I might do. If I didn't get this Grammy, I guess we'll never know. I <laughs> I'm like, and I'm like, I remember like, damn, what the fuck would he have done? <laughs> I literally show that speech in my in my class. Bro, the setup is so good because you're really like locked in. Like, I mean, granted, he kind of was rambling at the beginning. I ain't gonna lie. Mm. He gets that in. I know y'all was wondering what would have happened if I didn't get this Grammy. You get all serious? I guess we'll never know. He walks off. What you mean? What you mean? Oh, man. It's legendary. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm with you. For me, it's not necessarily getting the skills out of, you know, both of them. It's the wisdom that Mm -hmm. informs the skill development. Yeah. You know, so. Like, what that looks like. Interesting. What a cool question. Yeah. I thought that was pretty. I thought that would be pretty good. Says a lot about us. Sorry. You guys know I'm a Kanye stan now. Maybe y'all didn't know already. Yeah. But in in the lane of, like, people who aren't who they say they are. Lizzo, Miss Lizzo. Um, so if y'all don't know, <laughs> yeah, break it down for I'm the people. I'm pretty sure everybody knows this point, but if you don't know, you know Lizzo's getting sued by her ex, backup dancers, like backup dancers. Some people say producers, like okay. people who worked for her, or a choreographer. Yeah, choreographer, like choreographer, like people who worked with her on tour. You know, some of them were let go. She says based on. Uh, unproper conduct and now they are all ganging up and suing her for what looks like sexual harassment failure to uh, remedy sexual harassment and then religious harassment and failure to remedy religious harassment and there's also like some mixture of like fat shaming in there and like a cocktail of like you know, being forced to do some stuff that they didn't want to do, like it's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a mess. It's really the ultimately about harassment and entertainment. Yeah, right? yeah, hundred percent. Like that's that's what I'm like confused about too, because like what they're suing for, and this is why I always think it's weird when I think about the court of public opinion, because like what people are being sued for, and then what you be hearing people will talk about, like what the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like she's getting sued for like basically like not having a 
not having a safe work environment for people as far as like the sexual harassment and as far as like the religious harassment. But then you hear people like, oh, fat shaming and she's not nice and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't know. What 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 is your thoughts on the situation? Like what 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 have you looked up and like what are you what are your thoughts on it? I'm just looking up here. I'm just looking at some of the headlines that she's said. Fox two hours ago says that she's facing new allegations from at least six more accusers. She's going to get R. Kelly. (laughs) 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 Don't do Lizzo like that. (laughs) First of all, I mean. I'm tired of this shit. I don't even know how to hog tie. <laughs> Anyways, but. Sheesh. Oh, my gosh. The Made in America Festival featuring Lizzo and SZA was canceled. Goodness. Um, You I know. Mean, that's what happens, though. I know. I'm yeah, just. I took her out the song. I'm sad to hear about it. I feel like she's been a pretty positive um, light in terms of pop music, in terms of just, like, I don't know, like women being positive to one another and powering. So it's kind of very surprising to hear a completely alternative narrative Mm. to what we have been fed. But I also know that like celebrities are personas. It's only a, if, if at all, a small percentage of who, of their true personality, of who they truly are. Yeah. So, you know, who knows what all sorts of traumas Lizzo is carrying in terms of her weight journey um, or her body, her her self-love journey. Like, who knows how that has shown up in in terms of, like, what she expects from her dancers. Of course, that could lead to, um, you know, fat shaming. It could lead to any of those things. Even being a, a, but, but I guess... Here's where I don't and I I feel like I can't comment on it as a petite woman because it's not an area that like you know what I mean it's like it's not your fight. It's not my it's not for me to speak on. It's not my it, it's not that it's not my fight. It's not for me to speak. It's not my not for me to speak to because one I can't relate and two I have no idea what would compel this sort of argument. I would not understand. I don't understand. I'm not a dancer. I'm not in entertainment. But. Listen, I'm a man. And as the internet has been saying about men, specifically black men, they try to say niggas be in conversation. They don't need to talk about why I'm going to do that today. Miss Lizzo. (laughs) I actually don't believe these allegations. And I'm only saying that because Lizzo has a troop of big boned dancers so for me to fat for me, it's tough for me to feel like she fat shamed them, and I feel like it's just being misconstrued. Granted, it's hard, and I won't I won't stand on anything until more comes out. But given the limited information that I have, I'm only going to assume that somebody got fired because they gained too much weight. And I'm if they're dancers, and I I can imagine like. What I'm imagining in my head is like they couldn't dance properly due to to some weight issues. And that might have been a reason for the firing. Mm-hmm. And if that's being said as fat shaming, I don't agree. Because Lizzo's 300 pounds and Lizzo be out there fucking dancing. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think it's too soon to say. And I'm hopeful oh, I'm that... I'm just guessing. I'm just shitting. I'm trying to shoot shit at the wall. Listen, I know, but... Like I'm reading a BuzzFeed article, and that's literally part of its title. Y'all can kill me if y'all want to. If I'm wrong, and Lizzo says some out of pocket stuff, y'all can kill me all y'all want. I'm just saying right now, where Najar is at, I don't believe y'all. I don't believe y'all just because I feel like the I feel like the character that y'all trying to portray her as is like almost pinpoint to the character that she's portrayed herself in a good way, and now you're trying to use it in a negative way, like. She's a brash person. She's like, you know, she's open by her sexuality. She's this and that, whatever. And now that that's being now that's being flipped, like, yeah, she was forcing us to do some nasty stuff. I mean, like both can be true. Yeah, I mean, hundred percent. She could be both things. No, hundred percent. That's know? what I said. I, I'm just. Do I feel like I do I feel like she's gonna get in trouble for the sexual harassment and stuff like that? Yes, because I'm pretty sure she probably did some fun things, and that's being used against her, and mm-hmm. she'll learn that lesson. Mm-hmm. But do I think she like you talking about microaggressions? Do I think she intentionally did something to make somebody feel uncomfortable? I'm willing to say right now, I don't think that was her intention. Oh, intention. Well, yeah, I think it could have been the result of ignorance, really. Like we we talked on the phone about this, but I don't know how like keen to HR Lizzo is. You know, in terms of what's a, especially in entertainment, it feels like there's so much gray area of, in terms of what's professionally, what's professionally acceptable. Um, And when you are the star, like the lead star, I feel like you can also get away with a lot more demands and expectations of how things, what you want to experience. So I don't know um, if she just needs a better team to, to like help hold these sort of like standards in place and her hold her accountable to making sure that these standards remain in place because at the end of the day it's not like lizzo's gone through uh any ceo training for how to manage background dancers how to manage a whole i'm i don't i'm gonna guess she hasn't been through a a formal training for that that should they've hired people to help her with those things and and before i before i i finish I'm just saying of the people that have been hired for her team, I'm not saying that people on her team aren't good or helpful, but when you have a great team that either sees problematic people that could potentially harm your reputation or sees you doing behavior that could potentially harm your reputation, your team's going to tell you and hold you accountable and help to make sure that this sort of situation doesn't happen. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, it's I don't think that it's fully preventable, but I just I feel like there's there's some, a need to kind of like clean up the team and her own professionalism to an extent. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, and as I say, I think maybe I don't know if I'm Lizzo in this situation, I'm going to be real. I hate to be weird like this. And granted, I've always felt this way before this anyway. I'm just not hanging out with them people mm-hmm. like like if we're if you're my choreographer, that's what it is. Like, that's it. <laughs> like, we're not hanging out after, unless like we're actual friends. Like, I'm not keeping it professional. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, and I'm, I've always felt that way anyway, which is why like I've always wanted to, like my friends to work with me because you know if you work with your friends, it's different. You know, but that's what I'm saying. I feel like Lizzo probably has a team. I don't know for a fact. I need to do more research, but I, as a fact, team of let's, friends, let's, I, I, I'm I'm thinking it's like people she trusts. 
Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, people she's known for a long time. And for all, all we know, those people could have a similar temperament as her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it doesn't foster um, what's most acceptable. It fo- it fosters like, or I should say what's most appropriate. It fosters what Lizzo would find acceptable. And that's where like there's a whole bunch of, I think, gray area possibly. But yeah, And that, that's what I think. That's, that's why I think it's tough. Because that's why I said like, if I'm Lizzo, I'm not hanging out with, if you're not part of my friend group, we're not hanging out. Or for like I said, we're not hanging out like outside of work like if because that's what i'm thinking that's what i'm thinking too like when i think about the term sexual harassment and granted you can get harassed outside of work mm-hmm. but like you know i'm thinking about through the guise of a workspace like if i if you're invited to a space sorry no you're okay like if you're like invited like because i'm thinking about like me and all my friends went to the strip club mm-hmm. before and i'm gonna be real i didn't really want to go but i told him i said we flip a coin I lose the flip. If I live, if I lose the flip, I'll go. And I lost the flip. I said, "Fuck, guess I'm gonna go." You know, we we go. It was awkward, <laughs> but at the same time, at the same time, I had a good time, and and you were able to ex- experience it, experience it from like a comfortable place. Yeah, and I'm I'm thinking about like, cause like I wasn't the only one who was uncomfortable. With other people who were uncomfortable too. Cause it just we just realized that wasn't our vibe, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But through that lesson we learned, it wasn't our vibe. We haven't we haven't went back. But I'm thinking about like that of the guys of like if it was my coworkers. Mm-hmm. I don't think obviously I don't think we would have did that. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm, so that's what I'm saying is like with entertainment, I don't think that it's quite as clear cut. It's not. And so I it makes sense why she might be in this predicament whether there's. It's all the way true. There's some truths. There's half truths. There's no truth. At the end of the day, I think that because of the gray area in, in entertainment, unfortunately, you need a really, really strong, good team to prevent, again, these sort of circumstances. Now I see why everybody be having people sign NDAs. And some girl did say, if I decide NDA, I'm not going. And I think that's fair, too. I agree. Because I, I if harm is going to be done onto me i want to be able to protect myself yeah and um you can't protect yourself if you're silenced yeah but and that yeah that makes sense and that, yeah that's what i said like i've because i've heard of like this there's a girl that there's a girl she's talking about how like all her parties are in like all her parties are you have to sign nda but not because of the party because the people who are at the party because mm-hmm. the celebrities there so you have to can't have a phone nda and like, and I get like, there's like a safety in that, but it's like, I mean, granted, like, I guess you have a choice, but man, it's such a touchy. That's, that's such a, like, a, that's such a slippery slope. Well, let's, let's, I have a, I have an idea to transition with that because, you know, celebrities don't have the option necessarily of becoming a regular person again. No. You know? And so, um, where was I trying to go with this with Lizzo? Yeah, sorry, I actually had a really good transition there. Um, you said they're not regular people. Well, they don't have the ability to be regular again once they become famous. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, I forgot what the connection was there. I wanted to transition that, though, in, in compare, comparison to. Um, I was reading a bit about Angus Cloud 
you know, who rest, rest in peace to Angus Cloud. I yeah, was big rest in peace to Rick Angus Cloud and prayers to his family. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just reading about his sentiment about fame. Yeah, you know, and he just really didn't want to be. He he never really wanted to be famous. He didn't set out to become an actor. He was recruited. Yeah. And scouted. Even though he went to art, you know, a performing arts school in Oakland. Yeah. Um but I think about that with like how big you can become as a star and how much you can lean into being a special person or humble and, and special just like everyone else. Mhm. And I I'm curious if what how much of Lizzo is like believes that she's she's humble just like everyone else or believes that you know because she is a star that you know her her norm is an acceptable norm for everybody you get what I'm saying yeah and if that's what kind of put her in a dangerous situation whereas unfortunately with Angus it's like he had other things where he just slipped through our hands, our fingers, because he didn't want all of the, all of the lights and things, especially in the time that he was in with grieving his father's passing. You know, there's like all this pressure to show up and be the star that everybody sees you as. But if you are, you know, in pain and you're suffering and you can't really show up as that star, or for example, with Lizzo, maybe you are actually you know it sounds it not it doesn't sound it sounds like she's done her healing but if these are if these allegations are true it sounds like she still has a lot of healing to do in terms of yeah you know body image in terms of sexuality in terms of religion and so like um I'm curious if there's, I don't know, uh, any sort of relationship there of like, is the cost of fame too expensive for people? Hmm. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of trailed a lot of places. Sorry about that. I feel like, I feel like the thing, I think the difference between being famous now versus being famous maybe 20 years ago is the accessibility. Mm -hmm. You know, if, you're famous 20 years ago the only way people could reach you is like maybe a letter mm-hmm. you know it was like fan mail was like a big thing mm-hmm. and that was it now it's like social media like I can literally DM you and then it's like because of social because you want to be active on social media it's like I know where you live and I could possibly find out where you are at any given time and then like just because like example like something like if you're recording a set like we have an idea like oh I've seen people recording Euphoria in this city like you know like it's stuff like that where it's mm-hmm. like now things are so accessible that like if you are if you do become a star and you don't want that unless you like personally hire people to keep you out the way mm-hmm. you're gonna come face to face with that more often than not mm-hmm. and like you said some people either embrace it like Lizzo where she's like and granted, I don't know, but like Lizzo does give off like I'm the shit, mm-hmm. and then there's other people like mm-hmm. you know Angus Cloud or you know like I guess you could say like Jaden Smith, mm-hmm. yeah. Where it's like he wants to be more normal than he wants to be 
this person. A yeah, yeah. A celebrity and like, obviously, it doesn't mean they don't benefit from it. But you know, like, like I said, imagine going to go, imagine do some grading and someone walks up to you. Oh my god, it is you. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh my god, or like, even something simple like, you're getting your feet done and there's people at the window like. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like everywhere you go. Yeah, and like I mean, I've been hearing about like celebrities doing the disguises, like you know, like I think I don't know if it was Drake. I think it was Drake and, and um, Tyra Banks went to disguise to Disneyland. Really? Yeah, to go on a date. They like went in disguise, and I'm like, it's crazy you have to go to that lens. But like, imagine like, and I also heard that's why celebrities like going to the UK. Cause you go to the UK and like nobody, nobody knows, knows who you are, who you are. Yeah. so it's like it's the only way to go and be normal. Yeah, and like that concept is just like, like that's so crazy. Like it's it's like celebrities living in alternate, an alternate re- an alternative reality almost. Yeah, you know, and where it's like all the attention is their norm. And for us, no attention is our our norm. Yeah, right. And so when. When you got when you're under such a, a microscope, I you're obviously gonna eventually be seen for the flaws. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm just hopeful that regardless of what the truth is with Lizzo's situation, I hope that you know both parties are able to find the healing that they need. You know, because mm-hmm. Lizzo's career is not gonna be the same after this. She's gonna have to work really hard probably to recover if she can. And that's you know assuming we find out more about the truth. Yeah. Why are you Why are you looking like that? I'm telling you, I feel like they, I feel like they about the R. Kelly here. <laughs> Until they put a they have a whole bunch of people for to come out the woodworks to jump on these allegations, and it's going to smother her career. And I don't I don't know I can't say I mean if they're true you know well, it's, it's hard to say it was fair or not but like I think it's going to be relying on how the case turns out like what the what the ruling will be and also how she responds. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, yeah, mm. she, what she, how she responds, what she says um, is going to have everything to do with how everyone's going to perceive her. Yeah. Right. Moving forward. And as it relates to trying to figure out the truth in this, in this uh, lawsuit. So I just hope that they all are able to find their healing whatever that looks like and their justice whatever that looks like for them i will also say though like to the the point that you made earlier about like as far as like not wanting not wanting that kind of attention or energy granted obviously i'm not a celebrity in nowhere near Mm -hmm. but i remember as i think about that i think about a, a moment that i felt that way where i remember I think it was Super Bowl Sunday. No, actually, I know it was Super Bowl Sunday. It was Super Bowl Sunday. Me and my friends went to brunch. Got faded. Tore up at brunch. Took our friend. to. We, we get tore up at brunch. Uh, I think one person didn't drink because we had to take somebody to work. They go to work. They're too drunk to go to work. They throw up. So they're like, come and get me. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, we the people who know the story know the story. So we we go to we go to go get her, and we're like, oh, let's all go to Starbucks. Why? I don't fucking know. I don't know why we went to Starbucks, but we all went to Starbucks to hang out. So we're all out there, faded, mm-hmm. like 
I guess you could say like just being ourselves. Like we're giggling, we're joking, we're all standing up. Like people are sitting down, people are standing up, we're, you know, shooting the shit or whatever. And I remember this guy walks up to me. He goes, Hey, WZ, WZ. And I remember I had shades on my head and I said, <laughs> I said, What? Oh, come on. Don't be like that. WZ, WZ. I was like, What are you talking about? And he's like, Oh, I was, I was, I saw you from the window. You have so much energy, and I just wanted to come and like be around it, and like meet you. And I remember I was like, I remember like I felt so bad because I was being so standoffish. But I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that's cool, but like I don't know you, bro. Yeah, like you <laughs> like, never reached out before this. Yeah, like I, yeah, I've never met you before. Like I don't even know your name. What's your name? He's like, oh, my name is Ze- oh, my name is Zeke. And we're like, you know, now I'm like interrogating him. Come like, bro, you just came out of here, bro. I'm like, I'm like joking my friends laugh. You came over here and like. Especially like the way you said it, I came over here to like, kind of be around the energy. I'm like, fuck that mean. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck does that mean, bro? What's this new millennial language you talking to me? <laughs> the hell? And I remember like, like talking to him and like at the, and like he ended up leaving. I felt bad because he le- left with like a, a dulled experience. And I'm like, he left and I'm like, I'm not like, telling my friend like I feel hella bad, but like. I don't know that nigga. Are you like, is he a real fan or? What, it, no, he just saw the WZ on my shirt. Mm-hmm. So he just kept saying WZ, WZ. And I'm oh, like, okay. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, you know, like, what the hell are you talking about? And I remember I felt I felt so bad because I'm like telling him, like, I feel bad because like he was trying to come and get like a positive experience. But like, I think he don't realize that I'm only having this experience because I'm with my friends. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're trying to come and like, I don't. Mm. I don't even know you. I see what you mean. How can I joke with you? I don't even know where to start the joke at. Mm-hmm. Especially like me personally. Like when I make my jokes, my jokes are always tailored to the person. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which is why like when I first meet people, I don't joke at all. And people always feel like weird. Like, oh, you're always hella funny when I see you. And I'm like, I don't know you. But as I get to know you, I start to make jokes. I mean, you probably noticed. Like I start to make jokes mm-hmm. in your lane. Because mm-hmm. if I make up a joke in my lane, you'd be like, what the fuck? Is this? Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> Try to make a joke in your own lane, like it'll, it'll be silent over here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll be like, I don't get it. Yeah, exactly. So, and I imagine like that. I think about that experience where I'm like, I can't imagine being a celebrity where you're like you're chilling with your friends or you're chilling by yourself, and someone comes and like wants you to be on, mm-hmm. wants you to be mm. like Will Smith, and they want you to be the Fresh Prince. Like, nigga, what? Come on, or like Carlton. Like, oh, Carlton's probably a good example. Like, come on, do the dance. Nigga, I'm at Starbucks. I want a macchiato. <laughs> Here for a frappuccino. I just got out the gym. I'm sore. And you want yeah. me to fucking hit the Carlton? Yeah. And then I'm going to ask to be hit the Carlton 17 more times today? Like, I only yes. had that one experience. Like, imagine that times, like, every time you go out. Yeah. Hey, like, imagine, like, I'm just sitting here. I'm like, I just can't imagine, bro. Like, hey, WZ. Mm. Like, ugh. That's good. That's some good stuff. Because, like, how could Lizzo ever be anybody other than Lizzo. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what somebody said. Somebody said, like, yeah, Lizzo gives the energy, like, oh, I'm going to give you a hug and, like, you know, like, you know, stuff like that. Like, and obviously, like, it seems like through her events, like, through her, like, what she's saying, like, inviting everybody to go do stuff that she does, it ended up turning into a negative because of the work mm-hmm. environment. So mm-hmm. it's like, man, that's a tough situation. That's a catch-22. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> That's oh, a lot. That's a lot. Like, that's <laughs> to be continued. We'll I'm, see what happens. Like I said, I'll, I'll definitely keep up with the case and see what's going on. Um, 
But before we get out of here, I, w- I did want to talk about. We read an article on um, mm. what was the name of the website again? Oh, that's a good question. The Gottman Institute. Gottman, Gottman Institute has Institute. some great articles. If you guys haven't read them, I recommend it. And you know, I wanted to talk about this because I feel like this will, I feel like this will help a lot of people. And it was an article about emotional disconnection in relationships. Ellen, did you want to go ahead and talk about it, or you want to? No, you go for it. I'm gonna and pull it up though. Like so, the article was about emotional disconnection in relationships, and you know, as I was reading through this article, I started to see a lot of myself in the relationship in, in it, and like Doctor Them. The reason I say it that way because Doctor Them always told me it's easy to see somebody else in it, but can you see yourself in it? Anyways, shout out to Doctor Them. But yeah, she was talking about that. Like, I'm seeing myself in the article, but I'm also seeing other people in my life, and I'm like, man. I think I know some people who are emotionally disconnected. Not a lot of people, but I definitely do. So I want to kind of like talk through like what emotional disconnection is in a relationship. Okay. Yeah. So, and this was an article written by Yolanda Renteria. That's a great name. Um, Shout out to Yolanda. Shout out to Yolanda. I have a sorority sister with the same last name. I don't have a daughter named Yolanda. But it says um, at the start of it, oh, my my cousin's name was Yolanda and my auntie's name is Yolanda. R.I.P. Because, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so it goes emotional disconnection is a protective response that can lead to problems in developing meaningful relationships. Um, workaholics and perfectionists are people who are always on the go. Like when everything is done on their checklist, they like when everything is done on their checklist and pride themselves as multitaskers. These types of people tend to be highly analytical. And always seem to be tying up loose ends, preventing bad things from happening, or correcting what other people get wrong. And a common thought for them is, not everyone has the capacity to think or see things the way that I do. Yeah. Right? And so, as a result, um, people in this category often have difficulty connecting emotionally to other people, is is what she's talking about. Because basically, emotional disconnection happens when you're younger, and it's not safe to feel so you start to learn to disconnect emotions from the body yeah emotions from the body so like you could be going through something but you don't feel that because you're emotionally disconnected but it works both ways it's also the positive and the negative like you don't feel happy but you also don't it it works out as a superpower because when like immensely sad things happen which a lot of life can be Mm -hmm. you're not affected by those things either Mm -hmm. um it's pleasure also not just happy it's not it's it's pleasurable we have pleasurable yeah things but happiness is a fleeting emotion is why i say pleasure because pleasure comes in so many different shapes and happiness is so specific yeah you know but when you can't experience pleasure because you're emotionally disconnected from your body but you also can't experience pain because you're emotionally disconnected from your body then obviously you're not experiencing real authentic connection and and relationships you know loving relationships so i really liked this article because i think i do this i'm definitely a perfectionist or a recovering perfectionist i'm definitely trying to get out of being a workaholic but i am one yeah so um i like that it talks about how it's a it's a protective response and so i don't know it says Basically, when emotions can't be felt in the body, 
emotions typically manifest in behaviors that are projected on others, such as anger, such as irritability, impatience, unlovability, jealousy, and resentment. Yeah. You know? Um, but I like that that idea of how, like, even though you're, like, emotionally dis, dis, disconnected, your body is still behaving in a manner, you know? Well, I guess the thing is the way to explain is that when you're emotionally disconnected, you're action heavy. Mm-hmm. That's like, what, yeah, yeah. So, like, like, when you think about, like, anger, like, even though anger is emotion, anger is very actionable. Mm-hmm. Like, you raise your voice or these different things. So, you might not feel angry, but you're showing the anger, you know? And, like, yeah. even, like, that's why they say, like, even, like, when people, people who are emotionally disconnected, these tend to be gift givers and, like, you know, um, action doers. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's how they sh- they're showing like, oh, I love this person, so I'm gonna do these things for this person. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna you know whatever that looks like, and it it can be tough because you know a more emotional like a more like emotional uh, lead. I, I don't want to compare, but like usually when you think of like words of affirmation or of like or like gestures like quality time, those usually come from a place of like like a deeper place of emotion. Mm-hmm. And it's I don't want to misconstrue because it's not that these people aren't able to do this. Mm-hmm. It's just hard for them to do it because they never basically the conditions have to be right for them to be safe. And I, like I said, again, I wanted to bring it up because, you know, we've all not we've all a lot of people have been in places where they felt like their emotions aren't um, there isn't space for their emotions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're not allowed. And I, f- I feel like that's... I feel like a lot of people are becoming more emotionally disconnected. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, you know, as... It's kind of how the world has has been going. And I kind of want to bring awareness to that. Because once we're aware of it... Yeah. Like, if you're emotionally disconnected, it's not like you can never reconnect with your emotions. It's just... Mm-hmm. There is, like, things that you can be... Like, things that you can do to connect again. Um... But, like, I think you pointed out perfectly, like, some you know, like some signs that you might be mostly disconnected is about how you go about your emotions. Are you a person where things are getting tough? Are you just throwing hella work at yourself? Mm-hmm. Are you doing a lot of numbing activities? Mm-hmm. You know, because if, if I have, a uh, you know, a project that needs to be done, I can't think about how I feel. Mm-hmm. I remember when I went to therapy, my therapist kept telling me that. She's like, Najara you have to get a journal and write down anytime you feel a way. I'm like, what you mean by that? I don't feel any way. She's like, Najar, you feel a way. I'm like, I don't feel nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, mm. and then she was like, basically she's like, just start with anytime you're mad, anytime you're mad, just get a journal, write down the trigger and everything. And then you go there and then you keep going on. And that helps you just recognize like, even though you might be emotionally disconnected, there's still, you know, it still comes out. Mm-hmm. Somebody cuts you off. You don't go, well, I hope they get on their way. I mean, some people are, but most people aren't. <laughs> so, and there's also the emotion wheel. Yeah. You know, where you can like look and see what emotions you're feeling or what emotions c- can help create another emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, lo- I love that. And they, the article also mentions something about like adrenaline highs. Oh yeah, right. 
Because so, you can't feel, you find yourself doing... Um, thrill seeking or, you know, buying material things or, you know, it says constantly um, be, it says, okay, engage in new experiences or be constantly changing things. Like, you know, moving your apartment around. I do that all the time myself. There are tinges of these things that I definitely practice. Yeah. So, but I like what you mentioned in terms of like how it's required to have an environment that makes you feel safe to connect with your emotions. And for me, that's usually by myself or in therapy or there are certain certain people that I, I feel safe, but I don't know, like with this now, I feel like I gotta go back and ask some of myself some of these questions and yeah. I don't know, pay, pay better attention because um, this idea that your emotions are meant to be felt and that the body responds by action when it's not feeling and it can be toxic, to I don't want to use the word toxic, but it can be unhealthy actions that your body starts to take that's against you, that works against, you know, your ability to be connected to people. I, I don't know, I feel kind of like inspired to dive a little bit deeper with this awareness. Well, and that, 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 I think that's the, that's the point too. Like I, yeah. I want to like to bring it up to people because What's, what's interesting about this article, especially when it comes to relationships, is that we understand that emotions are meant to be felt, filled, like felt. But I think something we also miss is that emotions are also meant to be shared, mm -hmm. especially when you're trying to build a relationship. Like I think about my close friends and even exes. It's like. The best moments aren't like I told them I love them or they told me that I love them or whatever the best moments are when that like it's, mm, it's felt. felt like yeah, it's like, in the gut yeah like you feel it and whether even like even when it comes to like resolving something after there's like a bit emotional high and like when you're and I'm, i feel i i haven't been like i said i'm not a, a fully emotionally disconnected person mm -hmm. but i have definitely been in been times where people are feeling like especially like i'm really like i'm a disconnected when it comes to like death like I remember all my family was crying when my grandpa died and I'm just like like my girlfriend came over she started crying I want to go tell my sister the news she's crying my mom's crying my uncles and them are all crying and I'm just like I like walked in the room I saw him and I started laughing <laughs> and like you know it's like I don't think it's like healthy. A nervous la laughter or oh, no, I, I an was, authentic I, laughter because oh, everybody no, was sad. Because he was like this. <laughs> like, listen, he was. I, and if you, it's hard to explain because you got to see how my, if you knew how my grandma's house is. It's like my grandma's house, the way my grandpa, so the way that my grandma's house is, is like you would walk in and then they're like, there's a bathroom and then through the bathroom is his room. So they had both doors open. So you walk into the house. I look to the right and I just see. And I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> childish. And it's just like, bro, come on. He looked like he was slumped, like sleeping. And I was like, oh my god. So I had to walk out. I was like, yeah, I'm not ready. <laughs> but like, was yeah. that your first time ever seeing someone pass like that? I mean, I see. Yeah, I've seen them in the casket, but I've never ever seen somebody like you know, like gone, like 
outside of you know a morgue. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was my first time like seeing him, and I'm like, okay, I he's like he slumped. The, con- the context, <laughs> like, like, cause like if I have my high on he did, he might just be slumped. <laughs> Are you sure he's not just sleeping hard? And he was just. But anyway, yeah. But like in that moment, I was definitely it's gonna, like that could have been a moment of like building bonds. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like a lot of my family built stronger bonds through that trauma. And I, I hate to say that I wasn't one of those people mm-hmm. because, I mean, for some reason, I felt like I had to be the rock because mm-hmm. I did have to go around and like help with certain things, you know, let people know, give calls. And I was the one to tell my sister because she was the one that was like mostly beat up about it. But like, I remember even like when she was crying, I was holding her. I'm like. I gen- I could actually like I can literally like remember how I felt and I remember just feeling like damn it sucks. So I kept saying to myself like damn it sucks, but not more like genuinely like the like I mean granted logically you you understood but like yeah like uh, granted the emotions came later yeah because like most people don't realize like you're you're gonna feel it yeah it will come of it'll come up eventually so like, I felt that like in, alone where you like say like in a safe place like I felt that alone like every time I was alone I felt it but like. In the presence of people, like I remember, my girlfriend kept trying to ask me, like, "Well, are you good?" I'm like, "I'm like, I don't know, bro. It really ain't hit me." But then, like, I think back on like my actions, like, you know, it comes out even like subconsciously. Your body's gonna do certain things. Like, I was like completely isolated. Like, I did not want nobody. I didn't want my girlfriend around me. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I went like I didn't want to hang out with my friends unless we was drinking. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like. Like I, I not talk about throwing stuff in the work. Like I was like going, I was going ham. And yeah, like it's like it's, I do feel like it is hard to connect with somebody and make that person feel connected. If you're like, you know, if I know you're going through something, I'm like, Ali, what's going wrong? You're like, I'm chilling. But I know I can see it in you. I can see your demeanor. I can see all those different things. But you're just like, chilling. It's hard not to be like, like, damn, like I don't want to feel connected to this person. Mm-hmm. And that can turn into resentment. Yeah. Because, like, damn, why are you hiding it from me? Like, you know, I'm like, whatever. I'm but it's safe. Like, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. But it, and on that note, I do want to bring up what's important for people to get out of, out of it. Because it's important for you to push yourself. But what that means is finding safe spaces. Mm-hmm. And I we understand that not everybody's going to be safe. But, yeah. I mean, do you want to share, like, what... It constitutes as a safe space. Mm. It's in the article. Or if you know, you can go if you don't. Um, I was gonna. I was looking at the questions of how to start connecting. Oh yeah, go ahead. Um, but no, let's start there. I can. I can. I can bring this back up so you can. These are questions we could ask once we know what a safe space is. Yeah, because because that's what I said. Like part of the part of like connecting is finding like. I, can't, I hate to say it, like it's like finding vulnerability practices like mm-hmm. if your mom is somebody you feel safe with and you realize you might not be the most you know most out you know out forthcoming with stuff mm-hmm. that might be a good place to start or sometimes it could be a friend sometimes it could be a teacher a confidant like mm-hmm. I know my cousin is probably is my person mm-hmm. you know like my cousin I can tell because the key is like there has to be space for your emotions and there has to be no judgment mm. in that space for you to feel safe to give it. And granted, like, you kind of, mm. I, I don't want to blame the, there's no blame, but it's like, 
you also have to cultivate that too. Like you have to be okay with it being, the article talks about this, you have to be okay with it not being perfect. Yeah, with imperfection. Because like some people are like, oh, I'm not going to tell you because I already know you're going to judge me. Mm-hmm. It's like, but you have to like, I'm never going to not judge you unless that person just like, obviously like I wouldn't tell like, you know, like some people have like belief systems and like, you know, you got to be aware of that. But like if somebody's like kind of on par with you and you like tell them, they're like, Whoop. Like you have to be okay with that at first because they don't know what the fuck you got going on because you keep it inside the whole time. Mm-hmm. But over time, but they might empathize like, oh shit, like I got something similar or like even though I've never been through that, I can I know that feeling. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I guess it's like it's not going to be perfect to the whole, the whole relationship. Sometimes you're not always going to feel safe to share. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or even like you're not going to feel safe, completely safe to share on the first go. Okay. You're not going to find somebody who's going to fit all those boxes immediately mm-hmm. because it is kind of like a muscle. Mm-hmm. You know, like me and my cousin, where we were when I was 14 mm-hmm. talking, there were certain things that we both wouldn't tell each other about. Now where we at, man, it's like it's like free game. Mm-hmm. We tell everybody everything. We tell each other everything. Like, because it's, it's been on both sides where, like, he's told me something and it's not like me going personal. I'm like, damn. It's more like like hearing him, hearing the person and be like, like really like asking him questions like how did that make you feel stuff like that and even vice versa like I told him stuff and it's like you know like why do you feel this way you think this is true this now whatever like and I feel like that's important but that's grown mm. I think I'll just speak to like safe spaces that I've created for myself or that I find myself in or people for me it's definitely my younger sister she's I don't know she and I are we're like you know, two peas in a pod, very similar, very different, very, I think, non-judgmental about each other's upbringings um, mm-hmm. and just personalities. We have similar but very different personalities. So I feel safe to but I feel safe to be the version of myself, Yeah, you know, that I am. Not version of myself, but you get what I mean, like. I tend to be more extroverted. My sister tends to be a little bit more introverted, but together we create an ambivert, (laughs) you know? Um, But um, in terms of spaces, my book club is probably one of the safest spaces that I have that I, we go every two, we have, we meet every two weeks virtually. And it's just, I've shared some of my most embarrassing secrets, some of my most painful experiences with those friends you know, and and I've received the best reactions and responses. Everything from, you know, just being receptive to listening and not always feeling like they need to offer the answers because that's the other thing I think she ta- they talk about in here. Like sometimes people who are, operate emotionally disconnected will immediately jump to problem solving instead of just like hearing out the feelings of what the person's going through. Yeah. And we do a really good job of that in my book club of holding space for each person's feelings as they come up. Um, so, but that, that took time to develop, that took time to build. And the first step of that was being vulnerable and being transparent. They actually gave me that feedback this week about that how, or like last week, the last time we met that um, one of our new book club members, she's she was like the first time I joined I remember you sharing something so personal and it really set the tone for me and what to expect in this yeah and she's been coming to book clubs I mean consistently ever since and so you know it's just making sure you're on the same frequency as other people that people can give you what you can give them yeah um in terms of like 
finding a safe space that might be shared with other people. Well, I think the key to what you but. said too is that it took you being out there like that for yeah. her to be like, oh, okay. And I feel like that is like the key thing. Like I know, like yeah. you know, like I know personally, as I as I as I like struggle with being more open. If I find myself being hecka open. And I'm not getting nothing back from the person. I'd be like, I ain't gonna lie. I'd be feeling myself rescinding. Like, okay, now I think I'm doing too much. Mm-hmm. And like, it could be true. And sometimes I feel like it is true. Um, but like you said, like, part of it being a safe space too is like, is it reciprocated? Like, I feel like the only time it's okay for it not to be reciprocated is like in therapy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like, if I tell someone my dirty secret, they should tell me theirs. But you know, if I feel like every time I come to you, like. I'm always like spilling my guts mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm not getting the same. Yeah. Like, I, I find out on like some like secondary after you didn't been through some shit, what you've been going through. Like, damn, bro, I didn't even know you was. I didn't know you were going through all that. You're like, oh yeah, bro, my mom died last week. What? You didn't say nothing? <laughs> oh yeah, no, we, like I said, we was just, you know, we got the cremated and everything. We do it now. And I'm not saying like, I'm not saying like from from everybody, but like if this is somebody you're close with, it's kind of wild. But yeah, like yeah, I mean you don't have to share everything, but I yeah, you know, or I I'll speak for myself. I don't share everything. Yeah, and that's something that I'm working on is figuring out what's worth sharing and what's what's worth keeping to myself. Do you feel like, especially when you talk about like what's worth worth sharing? Do you feel like? it's the actual thing or is it about the way that you go about sharing it? Hmm. Both. But I think it's also how I go about sharing it. I feel like when I share, I end up just like lamenting longer than I would like to. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I end up taking up too much time feeling my feelings and Mm -hmm. they you know, especially the negative feelings. I don't mm-hmm. like sharing those with other people. I feel like I'm bringing people down. Yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, I do have friends who remind me it's important to release those and not carry them by myself. Mm-hmm. And also that I don't have to be, you know, happy when I'm not. Yeah. I don't have to lie to myself or them yeah, exactly. about it, you know? Interesting. But. Did I answer your question directly, by the way? I don't know. I don't... I'm feeling a little... Ethereal. (laughs) A little all over the place. But... I mean, I don't think... I I, I think... I think that made sense to me. Like, I I feel like... Because I... What I asked is, like, do you feel like the content matters? Or do you feel like the way you go about it? And you, you said, like, basically you don't like basically going... Running on with, like, negative emotion... It's partly, yeah, so it's like partly the content, but the approach too. It's like if I'm talking a bunch about negative feelings and negative experiences, that's all I feel like I'm bringing to you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it's how I'm talking about it. It's like, am I being angry? Am I like getting hyped up about it? Am I just sad and depressed about it? And I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's like self judgment of those things myself. So also a safe place has to be within yourself. 100%. 100%. And I think that's what I'm mostly working on. It's it's I can't find safety in anyone else until I find safety in myself. 
Yeah. You I think, know? I think uh, Maya Angelou talks about something like that. Like, you have to... You have to have a space... She was talking about when she was in that interview with Oprah. You have to have a space where nobody can... Like, nobody can go. Mm-hmm. Somewhere you could be like, that's enough. Mm-hmm. Because without that, then you lose yourself. Exactly. So... I think that's another part of like finding a safe space is prioritizing, finding, you know, figuring out how to be safe within yourself. 100%. And that part of that is also being honest with yourself. That's so anyway, let me not let me not ramble. <laughs> no, but for like but I do want to talk about like what like if you basically if you relate to what we're saying right now. Mm-hmm. And I know we said a lot, but like if you feel like you're relating to like feeling that way, you know, feeling like, you know, you neither you neither feel the positive nor the negative emotions, you know, or like you feel like when you're dealing with something you bury it with different things, and Suppressive. you feel like you might be emotionally disconnected, and do you feel like that might be suffering from your relationships? I mean, as someone who has partly felt that way before, I, I do want to say like that's okay, mm-hmm. um, especially being aware of it now, um, and I think it's important to talk about some of the things you can do in that situation because you know the article did give out some ways it an easy way for us to do is to learn to like ask and delegate tasks mm-hmm. which i know is hard oh, yeah yeah because it's a vulnerability thing like part partially of the disconnection especially when because of people's like i'd rather do it myself me i and hardly ask for help sorry 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 no 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 i'm not saying but i i've been the same way like i, I hate I hate asking for help because I hate being let down. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. I hate being let down. Yeah. yeah. And like, but that's been my biggest thing is like asking and being okay with being let down. Like, and like, obviously you see me clench my face. Like, I hate, like, hey, mom, can you grab this? And then she has her reasons why not. And it's like, or like, I asked her, she's like, okay. And then I call her, like, did you do it? And she didn't do it. Like, but it's like stuff like that where it's like, it helps you be more vulnerable with that person and, and put yourself out there like that's a good way and then like kind of what Ali was saying like building a community mm-hmm. like with her book club like that's mm-hmm. another good way of building connection and they say practicing connection um so like really like it's a, it says start exploring safe connection by relaxing your body and then resting your hand on top top of a loved one's shoulder or arm and just see how that feels you know just like simple connection and see how your body feels hugs if you're open to them or gazing just into a loved one's eyes you know I think I'll do that with my grandpa a little bit with um just because my grandpa's health is is um yeah you know it is what it is so but I feel like while I can still like look at him in the eyes and try to remember the feeling of what that's like because I don't know there's also a bit of like taking for granted the opportunity to feel connected to people yeah while while they're here yeah well that's the key point like while they're here Mm -hmm. so um yeah, anyway, it's a, it says, yeah, look into people's eyes. If you have children, give them a hug and notice how that feels in your body. Or if these feel too overwhelming, it says um, you can start with pets or in nature. So, but there's... pets is a good one. I think pets is a great one. Because pets are unconditional. Exactly. They love you back. So, um, 
anything else you'd add from the article or personally? I mean, I just want to just like really emphasize that I know I'd been, I make the joke all the time that I'm unemotional. Mm-hmm. And granted, it's an inside joke, and I don't really feel that way. But I do want to say, like, people who actually do feel that way, I want you to understand that you can feel emotion. Unless you're just, like, literally a psychopath and can't feel any empathy, which is rare. Like, nobody's really a psychopath or a sociopath. Not very many people. Okay. Like, not people are, but, like, there's, there's not very... The percentage like, of it is yeah, like not the, like, high. As many people be trying to act like they are, like... Statistics are saying otherwise. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now you might have some traits or whatever, but anyways, but you can feel. You might just be disconnected. Yeah, you might have just, and, and it's, and I, it's understandable because in the world that we live in, we, you almost get celebrated for being most disconnected. Oh wow, you really killed that! Like you really been working hard with your head down. Like you're really hustling. That's no, like. While financially you look good, you know, we see we also see a lot of times these CEOs would get divorced four or five times and be like, "It is what it is." So, I, I think I think I want I do I do think it's important to say like, you can feel if this is something that you want to do. Like, mm-hmm. there are steps, and we laid them out. You know, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. Being emotionally disconnected doesn't mean you don't have the capability to to feel emotional. It just means you are might struggle to feel emotional yeah. more than the average person. Yeah, you just have the habit of. And you gotta and you gotta heal that. Yeah, that's what it means. I, I gotta heal that. I'll speak for myself. Yeah. Um, and I used to be a very emotional. I am a very emotional person. That's what's crazy is like, I'm actually highly emotional. My family would describe me as sensitive. My friends would describe me as sensitive. So, but do you, do you, I'm saying, wouldn't that be an example of why you started to 100% be less? <laughs> like, Probably. Like, oh, always, you're always crying. You're always, you're always so crying. sensitive. You're always yeah. so defensive. I mean, I am those things, though. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's not untrue. And maybe that has to do with me shifting a little bit, too. But interesting. Anyway, it's pretty cool. For another episode, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, like I said, it's, this is a, a pretty complex co- topic, but insightful yeah i wanted to i wanted to share that because at the end of the day i do want us to you know strive to do better and i feel like that mm-hmm. that was something worth sharing respect thank you but guys this has been another episode of the special friends podcast again i'm your boy woozy what's up y'all and i am professor b aka ali b you know it and we're you know that was it we're out of here yep peace